Cylinder takes the lead of the 200 from Shinzo giving chase. Cylinder, Shinzo, and right down the outside with a big run late is MP coming home hard. Kings Gambit, but Shinzo and Brian Moore have drawn Taylor in the Golden Slipper. Ryan Moore, Chris Waller, Coolmore and friends, Shinzo. That was the blue blood son of Schnitzel winning the most prestigious two-year-old race to become a very, very valuable colt in the autumn. Tomorrow he's back at uh, the races to further his credentials when he lines up in the Group 1 Golden Rose. If he wanted to lead into how he's going, Ryan Moore doesn't fly to the other side of the world for a track gallop. One of Coolmore's ownership partners in this colt is one of the most influential thoroughbred and bloodstock identities New Zealand has ever had. So Peter Vella's footprint is immense, along with his late brother Philip, establishing Pencaro stud, breeding and racing champions that have won the world's greatest races and, of course, owning New Zealand bloodstock, which has shaped, promoted and elevated our bloodstock industry to new heights. So Peter has uh, been good enough to join us on the show this morning uh, in what is a very promising time for racing, breeding and, of course, for the owners of Shinzo. Good morning, Sir Peter. Thank you for your time. Yeah, good morning to you and thanks for all the kind words and introduction. It's uh, always a great thrill, I would imagine, going back and looking at the triumphs of your bloodlines uh, and your racing interests. So, Peter, there have been some absolute highs for you. Do you still get that immense buzz and energy when a horse uh, you have an interest in lines up in a race like the Golden Rose? Absolutely, yeah. That, that, I, don't think, uh, I don't think that'll change. So Peter, it's uh, Louis here, and it's wonderful to have you on the program. Uh, look, whenever we go back and, and we have a look at, at the records you've been able to um, accomplish and the, and the horses you've bred, it really is a, a total thrill. Uh, do, just in general, can you give us your perspective on where you, where you feel the whole breeding and thoroughbred game is at at the moment in New Zealand? Because from where I sit and the people I talk to, it seems like there's a sense of positivity. And I'm just curious, someone at your status, do you get that as well? Yeah, g'day, uh, Louis. Un- undoubtedly, it's it's a really exciting time, and you can't help but feel um, the people that are getting involved and, and and really not just talking but making a difference. And 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 I refer to Entain in particular. You know, they've come in and they've picked up the ball, and uh, and they've given all of us something to be excited about and look forward to, and uh, look over the folds to see what's happening. It really does make a difference, and you can even see it in just your, your midweek stakes money. You know, we are getting that, that genuine difference, and it, it helps keeping rat horses to, you know, race here. Shinzo's a little bit different, isn't he? Because he's, he's worth a fair bit now, and I'd just love it if you could uh, remind us how this came apart about this partnership with Coolmore and the others involved, because it's been pretty fruitful when you think about home affairs as well. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I guess I was just really lucky that uh, oh, way back in the 80s, I, I shared a similar uh, pastime with uh, John Magner and, and uh, um, we like to have a glass of red together and a cigar and um, and we're friends uh, thereafter. And uh, and when Tom came down to, to Australia, he was, uh, he was getting things going and... Um, and I was happy to be part of anything that um, they could squeeze me into. It's a pretty big business what Tom's been able to do 
in in Australia there, and they they've gone strength to strength, and then you you realise their worldwide presence when you have someone like Ryan Moore flying down to ride Shinzo this weekend, and of course um, uh, when he won obviously the influential uh, Group One earlier in autumn. So, I mean, we're talking about the the you know probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest powerhouse in, in thoroughbred racing presently worldwide, it kind of puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. And to, to uh, and to, the only thing we're missing uh, tomorrow is Macca. If we had Macca, Moore and Marira, um, you could go to the races just to watch those three. Absolutely you could. I mean, they are absolute standouts at the moment. Uh, I'd just like to ask you, uh, Sir Peter, if I could, uh, the business of making a stallion, a successful stallion, how fickle is that? And, and ultimately, how hard is it to achieve? Well, undoubtedly, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, the ingredients that need to go into it to uh, to even have a stallion before you before a mare visits, um, it, it's, it's a most difficult task. And when you look at a, a group like the Coolmore Group that have absolutely made an art form of it um it's it's a great great credit to them and uh they they have science and they have touch and they have all sorts of things that uh, that you need to get uh, to get on the right track and and uh just looking around the falls this morning we, we've got a beautiful home affairs uh cult here that, at pencaro and um it's those sorts of things that really make it worthwhile, that uh, you buy a yearling or you breed a yearling, it goes racing, you have some luck. And and, uh, and then the foal hits the ground and, and it's attractive and, and you're still only halfway there. You've got to get into the races yet and he's got to run. So uh, it's not easy and if it happens, you've got to enjoy it. Is it a full, it's a full ecosystem, isn't it? Peter, when you, when you put it like that, and without getting into the details and the kind of, uh, obviously we don't want you to um, open up the accounts for us, but just I'm really curious, how does it work in these, these major syndicates? So you say you've got a home affairs um, foal on the ground there at home. So, so do you get a, a certain number of, I mean, if things pan out and Shinzo obviously goes to stud, same with home affairs, do you get a certain number of services? Do you, do you get a, a certain percentage of every time he, he serves? How does it work? Yeah, all of the above. If you uh, if he turns out to be a champion, well, uh, uh, you know you 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 made. And my first <laughs> venture, my first venture into it was a, a horse called Sir Tristram, and uh, it, it'll shock you to to think about the numbers in those days. And and uh, I was lucky enough. And uh, Jeff Murphy, he, he said to me one day, he said, "I've got a, I bought a yearling last year by a horse nobody likes, and I think he's a champion." And that was Sir Tristram. So I bought a share in him, um, and it was three thousand. To, to get a share, and that gave you a nom every year, and then later on it gave you a dividend. And in the latter days that he was standing, uh, the dividend alone was in excess of three hundred thousand. So you know it's it can happen. You can get lucky. So when you consider what our breeding industry collectively was able to do last season, and the way our horses performed in Australia and beyond, where are we? Where do you rank New Zealand now uh, in terms of? Uh, that side of uh, the, the the breeding side of things worldwide. Well, I think we've always been very very lucky in in 
so much as we have a comparative advantage virtually against the rest of the world in the way we grow grass and when we grow it and how much of it we grow and the protein level in it and and uh, if you look all over the world whether you're looking in the thoroughbred racing or eventing or anything else with a with a thoroughbred horse um there's new zealand horses that are doing it way way past their uh, uh their retirement age because they're found strong good competitive animals now you know Add that to the fact that we're now slowly but surely improving the quality of uh, of, of our breeding stock. Um, we're we're on a winner because we can breed good sound horses. We're doing it in Australia racing. We do it in Hong Kong. We do it all over the world, and um, and we've, we're attracting people now that can put some capital into uh, into breeding stock. And uh, we we could dominate the world. It, I mean, pound for pound, I, I just think that we. I mean, essentially, we do dominate the world already, don't we? And, and having you know stakes that entice people to race their horses here and keep their stock here in New Zealand, as you say. I mean, it's it's so important, and it, it really is buoying me at the moment. And I'm curious, Sir Peter. Because you'd be a great person to ask this. If you were to breed one more champion to leave a legacy, which, by the way, you're probably as good as a chance as anyone to do, what, what distance in the 2020s would you want that horse's best distance to be? Because it's not like we're necessarily throwing these golden slipper, golden rose horses. Obviously, we're, we're known for further than that. But where, where would you, and, and personally, where do you still crave to have a horse hitting the post first? At what distance is it for you? Well, I suppose, for me, I'm the wrong person because I've been doing it so long and and, and dreamt about cups and um, cox plates and mile and a quarters and derbies and, and things. So, and, and most of my pedigree band is designed around that and, and that's probably still where I'm at, but it was an enormous thrill to have a share in a in a golden slipper winner, for example. But um, things are changing, and we're getting a broader view and a broader perspective of uh, what, what we should be breeding. Um, but I think, as I look through my matings, uh, I think we'll still be trying to breed a horse that gets a mile, mile and a quarter. Mm. So, Peter, when you, uh, when you look across the board and the demographic of people that are involved in racing now, uh, and I'm, I'm really hinting here at the age group, are you confident in your side of things, the breeding side of things, the syndicating side of things, uh, are you confident that, that the future is in great shape if you look at the age group of people involved? I really am because uh, the, if you look at the young stud masters operating in New Zealand at the moment and, and who are do- dominating... Uh, Waikato Stud, for example, uh, the, the the leading stud in, in Australasia, and you've got John Thompson, uh, you've got the Schick uh, family, you've got um, Mappley, you've got, and I'll have left out a, a dozen or more that uh, uh, are of, a, of an age that could really deliver in the future. 
Mm. And uh, there, there are, I mean, the things you, you, the reason there that's so important, Smithy, to realise is these are families that have been doing it. There's so much um, IP and generational intellectual property that go down, and and you've always been great for that, haven't you, Peter? I mean, you, you, the thing I love about yourself and other people that have founded and kind of paved the way for the racing in New Zealand is there's, there's not really, I mean, everyone's got an ego, but. If I asked you a question about racing, you'd tell me and you'd tell your colleagues, and we've always been like that. Obviously, Sir Peter Hogan as well, and us, Patrick Hogan, sorry, and the, like it's always been like that. There's, there is a real good camaraderie, don't you find? Oh, I think it's been one of our strengths in the in the in, in the last fifty years or more. One of our real strengths has been that. Uh, uh, People are prepared to help each other, and we do stick together. and And when someone has a stallion, we're all in it together. It's not uh, uh, we're not being competitive one with another. We we if one wins, we all win. And uh, and we're so lucky that the younger generation um, share the same belief. You can be competitive, but you still got to know at the end of the day uh, that, that the more we help each other, the stronger we'll be. Totally agree. I totally agree. Hey, uh, I've got to ask you, Pearl of Alsace. She looks like she's she's one out of the box. To be honest, that run at Ruakaka was oh, just amazing, and I, I think she's probably well. I'll say I don't want to stop her, but she's definitely a, a Group One mare to, to my eye. Do you know what sort of target she'd be looking at? Well, it's exciting. I even went to, to watch a run at. Uh, Ruakaka, which was a lovely day and was great to see so many people there enjoying the day, even though the weather wasn't kind to us. But um, yeah, that was some performance, and uh, uh, I think the trainers have, have got her got her plans uh, worked out. She's not going to go to the second day at uh, Hastings, but I'm sure she'll she'll be. They'll be looking at the 2,000 meter race on the third day, and then there's some nice races that she may even. Uh, uh, go across the Tasman four and and we just take it step a step at a time and um, and hope she keeps continuing. But it was certainly her sectionals uh, the other day were absolutely uh, unbelievable, to be honest. Well, in a race, it didn't really look like she could win win at the bend. She got pretty close, so <laughs> she, it was some sort of performance. Um, all right, we'll let you crack on with your day, uh, Peter, and we really do appreciate your time. Just Shinzo, I mean, what are you hearing? He's going and fresh up, but I know Chris has had him trained to the minute, and he's he's well prepared. So, uh, you know, it's a tough race. It's a very deep race, but is he, in, in your eyes, with Ryan on, more than capable of taking it out? Well, Ryan can do anything. Um, I know he worked nicely uh, yesterday morning. They were all happy with him. Um, but you can't help thinking he might be a run short against those three or four that have had a run. And uh, um, it'll be from drawing 10. I think he's drawn 10 or 13. Uh, Maria has drawn two. And and, uh, and uh, Nash, uh, he's drawn five or six. They'll be hard to beat those horses, but it'll be a great race, and it's nice to have a runner. And fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, and uh, fingers crossed he, he goes on to win another one or two, and, and you've got your hand in a, another superstar, maybe even a superstar stallion as well. So good to catch up, Sir Peter. I really do appreciate your time. Yeah, great talking. Thanks for the call.